It's a tension I've been exploring the last few years. The tension between being an artist and being a business person. Artists, the logic goes, can get away with saying almost anything in the name of art, while business people have responsibilities to the public that sometimes prevents them from having a sense of humor. And if they have one, they should always get a better one, people say. Rap genius, now genius, has exemplified this tension, blurring the line between business and art. They're funny, they're interesting, but they get taken out of context. And for better or worse, they aren't focused on putting it in context for you. They're heads down building a product millions of people love. But why can artists, and I put air quotes around artists, because sometimes the art is commerce merely masked as art, why can artists get away with things that business people can't? People aren't just one type of person, so it seems foolish to box them in. These are first world problems, to be sure, but still, it's interesting. The best businesses sometimes start as artistic side projects, rap genius included. So what changes when an art project becomes a venture-backable business? In the last year, Genius has raised $40 million, hired some extremely talented people, and they've just launched their flagship product, which aims to annotate the world. So what changes? Guess we're about to find out. Here's Tom and Elon. Welcome to Founder Stories. I'm Eric Torenberg with Product Hunt. Today we have Elon Zakori, Tom Lehman. Cool. With Genius, formerly you know popularized as as rap genius. Uh, how's it going? Woo! Another week in which to excel. Yeah. <laughs> or that's what this week was. Cool. Uh, so there's a bunch of things I want to get into, from the rebranding to the new product to, uh, to what's upcoming, uh, to what's happened. Uh, but first, I start off you know, every founder story with just what is most on your mind right now? What are you excited about? What are you grappling with in a non-PR type of way? Sort of a couple things. It's, I think it's one is recruiting. Um, as, as kind of always and uh, another is this new product we're working on um, which is like taking up a lot of our sort of en- creative energies wish we could say wish more we, yeah, I was thinking, you yeah, can't say more. We didn't really, say more it was funny I was going to say we didn't really talk before the podcast about what we can and can't say about this because privately this is product time <laughs> Okay, these yeah, are so, yeah. the product. so why don't we just say one thing which is we can't say anything so one other thing and it's, it's going to launch on product time and yeah, you're, you're it's definitely gonna, exclusive you, launch partner. Um, <laughs> yes, right here yeah, first. Here first. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, let's take a bit back because I so right now I'm in San Francisco and everyone's asking like, what's up with Rap Genius? And I'm like, first of all, they're genius now. Swag. And everyone's like, what's going? You know, they're expanding. How's that going? Are they doing well anymore? You know, I haven't heard about them in a while. Some people are still skeptical, and I'm like, oh, that's so 2013 to think they're not. <laughs> you know, nice guys. But you know, what's interesting. I remember going back to a podcast that you guys did with Combat Jack. Elon, you were like, 2014 is the year of humbleness. Like, we're going to be humble. Uh, like, this is, this is a new year. We're in a new direction. Like, we, we reached this certain level. What's, how do you guys feel about that? How, how was the year of humility in review? <laughs> yes. I think we did some big things in 2014 uh, that are getting us set up. Like, you know, in particular, I think we had at the beginning of 2014 is uh, when we had, you know, our Google gate yeah. and um, <laughs> getting back onto Google uh, and then um, a lot of stuff for the launch of Genius.com. Um, so literally getting that domain, uh, then all the technical work involved in switching the domain and uh, some stuff we did on the product to make that uh, a self-inflicted SEO wound. Yeah, there's a, self, there's a self-inflicted <laughs> SEO wound aspect of that. So Brutal. 
you have a wound of, of the Google gate, which we recovered from and we're doing great. And then you change your overall domain and Google right. has to adjust to your new personality. Uh, and so we did that. And then we make some additional sort of URL changes for like the year, the year in SEO has been a sort of like, um, you know, foundational layer work kind of year. We don't we like when your brother, <laughs> I don't know, brother, when your brother beats you up and then takes your own hand and hits you and says, stop hitting yourself. Stop right. hitting yourself. Yeah. But it's good because you're hitting yourself. You're actually planting, you're, you're building for the future. You're exfoliating. <laughs> but yeah, we just, you know, made some key hires and we've actually been, you know, planning for um, a big part of changing from rap genius to genius was not a move away from rap. Uh, into other stuff necessarily, but it was building a uh, a brand and like a basic foundation for annotating the entirety of human culture, which right. is what we're going for, which is annotating the entire internet. And so that's what we've been doing a lot for the past seven months. The whole months. thing. The whole thing. <laughs> Game over. The whole thing. Genius power. And so, yeah, that's been a big, that's been a big part of our efforts in 2014. And we haven't been, you know, particularly seeking uh, a tremendous amount of, um, you know, goofball publicity this year. Right. And so I think the year of humility in that sense has been a success, but you know, 2015 is going to be the year when people are going to see the product change in a major way. It's also the office. We've been like, it's been a real, you know, building year, like the domain thing, the, the office thing, like we've, you know, as you can tell right now, let the record show that Eric is sitting in an apartment right, right. now. We're in apartments. There are certain fun aspects of that. I'm wearing a heating pad, but it doesn't scale, <laughs> and we've got to move. And so this new office is taking a ton of time. It's incredibly complicated to build and fit out an old building into a 40,000-square-foot modern office. No open-plan seating, okay? You know, that's... Not strictly speaking, true. You know, trying to be intelligent about that stuff. So it's, that was a lot of work, and... Yeah, we're just been building. But 2015 is going to be the year of total insanity, I think. How is genius perceived among the people you care that perceives it? I, I think right now it's actually a total vacuum. So I think Rap Genius has had a certain brand, uh, for better or worse, it's kind of polarizing. Uh, there's some people, the Eric Tornbergs of the world, who just <laughs> loved it and made up every yeah. uh, every morsel of it, and you know knew knew us personally and you know knew that we were all right people. And, you know, some people got a kick out of Rap Genius and it's sort of public image. Some people thought it was infuriating. I think that, you know, genius is something that people are not, don't have as many associations with. And our feeling, as always, you know, when we launched Genius.com, we didn't do some traditional giant rebrand, some like brand new logo and a big campaign to like get the word out about genius because we knew that genius was going to be about building something new and having people associate that with genius. So that's our expectation is we are going to release something brand new and that's what Genius is. Um, at the same time, um, the uh, music side you know, continues apace. Like the community uh, that is um, annotating rap, that's annotating country music, that's annotating pop, that's annotating R&B, that's annotating rock, continues to grow tremendously. And like the identities uh, of those communities are gonna be like interesting evolutions over time and how people associate that with say rap genius, how people yeah. associate that with genius. Like those are some open kind of identity Branding questions. Uh, the thing that we're just excited about is not really worrying about that too much and just building those communities, building technology to make this sort of community process uh, more fun um, and have people sort of creating really good annotations and also devoting more and more uh, energy and resources to getting artists on the platform. So look out in the next few months for yeah. a bunch of country artists to be annotating their own music uh, for the first time. So bunch of, a bunch of interesting stuff happening in music. And so there's going to be um, you know, a lot of a lot of interesting brand stuff happening for the Genius brand over the next year. Like, what are people going to associate with Genius? It's a weird question, you know, because it's like when you think about the external world's perception, 
you know, it's like if you're in the outside, you're like looking, you know how like you look at a distant star and you're seeing into a million billion years yeah. ago or whatever. It's kind of like that because I and we are just focused on the future and what's going on right now. So like the present bringing it to the future, that's like our whole thing. But then everyone from the outside is looking at the stuff we did like six months ago, which is now in thing. So it's like, you know, you go to like Willy Wonka and you say, what's the future of the Wonka chocolate factory? Right. He says, or what's the perception of the Wonka chocolate factory? He's saying, I got a ton of stuff in the works you can't even see. You know, like the chocolate lake. <laughs> What's interesting is that, uh, you know, me and Ryan, for example, are very public with Proton. We're actively like on Twitter and engaging and very controlling <laughs> of our perception. And a lot of founders today are, but you, or, you know, people involved, you guys seem to don't really care <laughs> or just are, are, have chosen not to be public. Yeah, I mean, I think I have career career eight tweets or something like that. I got pretty good Insta. We're going to be out there more in 2015. You're not out there, dog. You got like 20 followers. But yeah, I think, you know, it's true. I think we sort of called our shot, maybe accidentally or whatever, that 2014 was going to be like, you know, a bit of a year of humility. It wasn't a quiet year from an activity perspective. I mean, we, we did raise um, a big round of funding. Uh, we changed our whole identity from yeah. genius to genius. Uh, a bunch of crazy shit actually happened. We made a bunch of key hires. Uh, and built a ton of technology that's going to be the groundwork of the new genius thing. Yeah. But from a public perception perspective, I can imagine people being like, where is Rap Genius? Other than just, <laughs> yeah. like, there's this app I use that's right. you know, genius or whatever. So, you know, 2015, expect us to be a bit more out there. Yeah. If not on Tom's personal Twitter, <laughs> then in other forms. I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> Follow Tom. So, last perception question, and then I want to get to you know, community and other stuff. But it's interesting because the hip-hop community had one perception of you, and then the tech... Because you, were, you weren't out there, other people kind of controlled the perception of you in different ways. And it seemed that everyone hated you from of the people who did hate you for a different reason. That's our goal. Yeah. yeah. We want we want a wide variety of reasons. Happy families are all like everyone hates us for different reasons. Yeah. That's what I'm always saying to myself. Do you find alternatively that there are people who are like, oh, I love the old rap genius? I think most people are not really thinking about it in terms of like old rap genius. They're more Got just it. thinking of like, this is a cool site. Like, Do you think more people are like cool utility? Stuff? Like people get it more for utility than like movement? Or, or I mean, I think there are a lot of people who are deeply involved in that side of things, but like I just, whenever I go to like a college campus or whatever, you know, it's like people who aren't like, you know, on Twitter, like analyzing our personal personalities, they just really like the website and think it's like a, you know, it's a part of their like, you know, especially music, but also like, you know, literature and yeah. stuff, experience of the world. And like, you know, it's a, it's a sort of, you know, a utility that is sort of so delightful to use that they're, that they're feeling it, but I don't think they're sort of so into like, what's up with Tom or I mean, it takes a certain niche obsessive type. I think this is true. You go out and you give a talk at college or somewhere else and most people are like, yo, like, I check out your website every time new Kendrick song drops or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, I was reading, you know, The Great Gatsby on your website. Like, that's bomb. And then occasionally you run into someone who's like, I saw that TechCrunch Disrupt interview and I thought it was funny, but my <laughs> friend thought it was the worst thing ever. Like, you occasionally get that, but it's really like a minority case. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that's true of a lot of sort of inside baseball startups. What do you think is the biggest misconception about you guys? Besides the fact that some people think Tom's not out there. <laughs> well, I don't think it's actually, I think the, the, I don't think it's actually such a big conception that most people are like cool website or whatever, but of the people who are like really interested in this startup inside baseball, I think the misconception is that uh, they probably think we're not working that hard or like 
like are that smart or whatever. <laughs> like I think people probably just think we're just goofing off and got lucky and like all oh, lyrics are popular or whatever and aren't thinking about the sort of technology organization stuff under the hood that we like take pretty seriously and are down to like really stress about and really think about really hard yeah. and you know make our lives obsessions. And so I think people who kind of like dismiss us as like you know d bags or whatever probably wouldn't would be surprised to be a fly on the wall for a lot of our private conversations. The other side of it is if you think we're unserious and you think you can pass the programming interview technical screen, make a thousand bucks right there. So word to any product hunters yeah. who want a thousand dollars and think we're jokers, come, do some programming questions, uh, walk away with a thousand dollars, small face hundreds, not bad. <laughs> and a plaque, plaque is, uh, just got, just got yeah. made actually. So a uh, word to um, this plaque distributor. <laughs> How are you thinking about expanding community and as this you know i we're looking to do similar things do you guys you know we have a very passionate community around tech you guys had it around rap and we're looking to you know if you're looking to annotate we're looking to like curate you know and we're expanding verticals or going to and we're scared to do that Mm -hmm. and one of the examples we're looking at is you guys how's that going how have you guys thought about the expansion how has that evolved what kind of verticals are you guys thinking about so uh, i wonder how much i could say but (laughs) i think we're thinking about Verticals in which product hunters already are involved with. So gaming, mm-hmm. you know, games. Game hunt. Game hunt. Yeah. Game lunch. Game lunch. But we're thinking about music. We're thinking about books. We're yeah. About... Books. Uh, cool. Yeah. We, um, you know, it's, there's different strategies uh, and sort of different phenomena in how communities get built. Like, you know, in the early, I think, days of expansion, it was something that was very organic was that people who... Uh, were interested in rap and interested in a particular type of reading and analysis and commentary. Uh, turned out to not just be interested in rap; they were interested in other. They were interested in the analysis and commentary part. They were interested right. in close reading. They were interested in the joy of collaborative project of knowledge online. You know, and so uh, people were interested in other forms of music. They were interested in poetry. They were interested in the platform itself, and so that just uh, had them sort of naturally. Uh, participating with other forms of, of text and, and sort of uh, subjects. Uh, but, you know, when you actually want to turbocharge, uh, say, another genre of music, uh, it's really helpful to get artists involved. Right. You know, I think artists have this tremendous power to bring their fan base. You know, Keith Urban, I was just learning, has something called The Ville. And The Ville is just a bunch of, like, you know, crazy moms <laughs> who are, like, obsessing over, like, Keith, the changes in, like, Keith Urban's, like, you know, gene length or whatever. <laughs> and... You know, Keith Urban comes and says, you know, breaks down some of his lyrics or maybe opens up a mystery about some of his lyrics and speaks to the Ville and tells them to uh, come and give their best guess at the meanings of his. And then you have the beginnings of a community around Keith Urban lyrics. And some of those uh, people who love Keith Urban are going to love other artists and are going to love literature, are going to love the Bible. And so you have to build um, both a product and a sort of community uh, ethos around being interested in the people who come into your site and being interested in finding out what they're interested in, being interested in ushering them into new fun activities. And so a lot of this is driven by just like the moderators on the site, the editors on the site who are passionate about the project, um, taking that person yeah. who's interested in Keith Urban and saying, hey, look over here, there's like, you know, science fiction community and, you know, having a place to talk about it. And that's sort of like what you do on the product side. So a lot of it is is just sort of um, little baby steps with, you know, how you run the community and a lot of it is the communication infrastructure you build in the product and then there's the sort of big bang stuff of getting 
famous people right. who have their following to like come bring people to the to the yard. How much of it is you know? So what's what's the big one of the biggest verticals? Sports, fashion. Sports is big. How much of it is community led versus? Did you hire someone who's like an expert in sports or famous in sports journalism or? Sports is 100% community led. Um, the the leader of sports genius. Yeah. Uh, although there are a lot of sort of leaders. Uh, this guy, Mr. Zerkules, uh, Cameron, and uh, he's an amazing guy who's just up on the site all the time. Started with annotating rap. He annotates a decent amount of country, yeah. and he is just the guy who's on sports all the time. Cares about it. Treats it as his own homepage, basically. And is constantly putting up cool shit and getting other people involved. But you need, you know, whether it's someone who works at the company, someone who's just part of the movement. Part of the part of the part of the community ball of energy, like you need vision. You know, like you can't just think, okay, well, we did it successfully in one area, and now this platform that we built in this one area, and we take it to other areas, is going to be so magical that it's just going to light on fire. You need someone, ideally multiple people, who are really dedicated to building that one thing, the new thing, sort of with the exclusion of everything else. It can't just be kind of like, okay, well, let's expand, yeah. and it's just gonna like it's gonna happen automatically. It does not happen automatically. You gotta think of it about it as like. You know, building a new, new, you know. So who leads that for you? Startup. Is it a moderator? That's Mr. Zercules. And Mr. Zercules. And what's in it for him? And so, what's in it for him is it's exciting for him to build something yeah. new. He wants to build something new and he doesn't have to build the technology and right. he has his own startup, Sports Genius. And it's bomb for him. And he gets to, he loves rallying people behind it. A successful project feels like his personal success and it's like his favorite hobby. Yeah, that's interesting. We almost have an opposite situation where we, you're relying on a lot of people to contribute content, right? Like a lot of people annotating. Yeah. We, we have like a 1%, like 1% of people contribute and we don't need any more content at all. We just need more readers. Mm-hmm. And so we have an issue where a lot of people want to contribute content and we're, you know. Like what, what do you mean by contribute content? Like they like want to post submit links, products. Submit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So what makes product special is that it's, it's curated by yeah. tastemakers or enthusiasts or, or just early users. And a lot of people want to come in and kind of mess with that chemistry that makes it so yeah. special. And we have to kind of recalibrate their expectations of, you know, come in and read, you know, mm. come in and enjoy what other people are curating. And you were talking about, you know, this big vision. Do you still talk about it in like mystical or biblical terms? Do, does everyone know who you guys are? Oh, yeah. We got actually, there was some vote, uh, there were like the Genius Awards 2014, and, and one vote was like Staff of the Year, and, and we did okay. We got a couple votes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not amazing, yeah. not amazing balls. Who won? Who won Staff of the Year? Uh, that was another one where uh, Scopey announced his own win. <laughs> he won? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this Scopey, who ran, uh, <laughs> ran the Genius Awards, won Staff of and the Year. And he won Lifetime Achievement, which he also presented to himself, which is... <laughs> Scopey's pretty good. He's fun. Um... We're, we're involved in the community and yeah, like, you know, maybe we're a little tired right now, but like, it's definitely like a religious yeah. mission thing. Like we have some serious ambitions about like changing, you know, taking just music, for example, like we really mean it that we think in a hundred years when we're dead or frozen, we will, <laughs> that people, we want people to be experiencing music through this set of things that we've created, yeah. which are, you know, we think, and this this is born out of the day one of the site. When we first made the first version of the site, and we first got to experience a song with the annotations of our really talented yeah. friends, it was like, wow, this is actually like a crazy improvement on experiencing songs right. if I'm in that mood. I mean, if I'm not at the gym or I'm not like at a party, like I'm not always reading more for more information, but like when I'm in the mode of learning about music, 
like this is the great this is the great way to experience a song and we want that to be a, like a lasting impression on earth yeah uh, it's changed the way people read and write and listen to music and experience music and so like that's the kind of animating vision that i think we have that everyone at the company has that everyone in the community has is I'm not just typing away to like fart in the wind. I'm typing away so that somebody 150 years from now is enjoying Kanye yeah. in a different way, enjoying Shakespeare in a different way, uh, enjoying this random article on the internet in a right. different way. Yeah, I mean, the way I think of it is like kind of as an analogy to the hyperlink. So, yeah. you know, if you think about like the hyperlink today, it's just like pretty pedestrian, like they're everywhere or whatever. But like if you think of the first, you know, sort of time that internet culture really started to like appreciate this like new thing. It's like pretty crazy. It's like I'm yeah. reading this article and there's this little highlighted thing. I click it. I go somewhere totally other thing on the, in the world, anything like it's kind of a crazy like yeah. idea. Now it sort of seems commonplace, but um, kind of changes the way you think about, about reading. It sounds like yeah. this linear thing. It can be like this totally crazy thing. And what we're trying to do is like, you know, the hyperlink next generation where whenever you read anything anywhere, in addition to having hyperlinks that could take you to other documents, there'll be this layer of annotations you know, annotations from experts on the subject, annotations from your friends, annotations from, you know, the author, other famous people, etc. And that extra layer of context is going to follow you everywhere and be a part of what it means to read something, just like the hyperlink is a part of what it means yeah. to read something today. And so, you know, in five, ten years, you know, you know the, the annotation natives, you know, they're not going to know a world without annotation layered on everything, just yeah. as it's hard for us to really imagine what it would be like to, like, you're not allowed to use hyperlinks anymore. That's just like you know, part of the formatting bar. Right. You know, that's just right next to Bolt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's interesting. This brings up the question to me, and I've heard you touch upon it briefly, Elon, but this is an art project. You know, you guys see it as like this big grand art project. What's the tension for you guys between being an artist and this being an art project and being like a capitalist and this being like a billion, multi-billion dollar business? Thank you for saying multi. Yeah. Yeah, multi doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, capitalism, the way I think about it is capitalism is, you know, capitalism's not all that. I'm not like, capitalism's all that, but capitalism's pretty good because <laughs> capitalism is like a de-system for getting together a bunch of talented artists together and working on a group project. And that's the way you create something beautiful in the world, uh, but it's also the way you create deep relationships. And so, you know, for me, like it's almost as much about the relationships as, as the work itself in the sense that like- your college application essay? <laughs> no, truly, truly. <laughs> Grandma wept when I was alone with Beethoven. That was in Noah's college essay. Noah. I still remember today. Uh, I was alone with Beethoven. He's a pianist, very talented. Uh, the um, uh, you know, it's, it's oh, it's great to work with your friends because that makes work you know more tolerable or it's better. True. And that's true. But you also want to work because that makes you know friendship better. And so capitalism, it's great. <laughs> it makes friends. It is, it is true. So like you look around, you walk down the halls, open a bunch of different disparate apartment doors in this building. And the people we've been able to bring in, as much as they like us, they would not be hanging out with us all day every day if we didn't have salary for them. You know, like yeah. that's the re- people like need a reason to do what they're doing every single day. And we, this is fundamentally an art project, but we couldn't get everybody together without we couldn't do without capitalism. <laughs> money. Worthy capitalism. <laughs> uh, we so like it is this thing where sometimes you know capitalism pulls you in these sort of funky directions of you know maybe like you know, compromise or paranoia or competitiveness or anxiety. Like there's all these like horrible things uh, associated with like feelings of trying to succeed in capitalism. Um, But it's also the alternative as I could even imagine it is just some sort of like bleak, 
non-collaborative yeah. work project existence where something else is happening and there's some other power structure that's like destroying us. So, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't really like fully formed my thoughts on, on capitalism, capital C, like the big economic questions and whatever. But as far as working in a startup and the stresses and strains of like trying to build a huge business, um, it's pretty essential that we're we're able to pay our, our friends' salaries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and there's one, you know, there's a macro debate on, on capitalism that's fascinating, but I think even on micro level, Rap Genius, you know, started as our project, could be, could have gone a different direction mm-hmm. than like raising a lot, you know, venture capital and been successful in a very different way. But you guys found a convenient balance of like doing something you love. Yeah, I mean, I think there were, there would have been natural limits to how much we could have done just yeah. in terms of sheer like muscle and ability to like have... Uh, collaborators now we're you know 28 people now so it's not a yeah. you know 200 person company or whatever but it's significantly more than we could do had we limited it and just made it like a literal no yeah. capitalism art project you know we would have been limited by just having like limited programming resources yeah, I would have had a lot of resources <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god it's just so you know like just not having to be the yeah. single person responsible for the site going down right oh so much better I'm also wearing a heating pad right now which is <laughs> so much more shell Thank you, yeah. Open Technology. That's the <laughs> People tech, who did tech list. Not to harp on all these tensions, but what I'm, I'm curious, and it's something I, I deal with. What are the tensions between you guys are like, and what I don't see in a lot of like business people who constantly have their like consistently have like PR faces around them and PR discuss like you're real people and you're real humans building something and you have real feelings and you talk about them, you know. And and part of the goofballness was was like a meta joke on the goofballness, but there's also part of it that was like. You know, you guys are goofballs, <laughs> and uh, and humans are you know goofy people, and and that was very refreshing to a lot to the fans. To <laughs> some people took it out of context. We're your fans. <laughs> but how, what are the tensions now? As as you guys have like very very serious investors, and do you have to restrain a lot of that? You know, how, how have you changed as people? You know, you want to give people uh, a picture of yourself that's true to your who you are, which is obviously you know somewhat complicated by you know take the project very seriously, don't take ourselves very seriously like jokes but also like you know it's just it's a complicated thing but ultimately like what you have to realize is that none of that stuff really matters like what matters is is your are you going to create like a transformative product that people you know are people before they use your product people aren't going to look you up and that's the beauty of it and so the product stands on its own and so for me if you want to know what I'm about you know take a look at what we've done you know that's what I'm about like that's yeah. that's me and so you know Obviously, it's me six months ago in some sense because of the million billion thing, but you know that's really who I am. I think that's the vision of myself and that I'm trying to put out in the world. I think we're lucky to have very real relationships with, and maybe it's to our credit and maybe it's to their credit too. But with both of our major investors, uh, Ben Horowitz and Dan Gilbert, we have just very real, very human relationships, which combine incredible bearing down and concentration on like the problems and opportunities at hand yeah. and also jokes. Like we both, with both Dan and Ben, uh, we are, we have, we relate as, as humans. Like they're both really, really funny, uh, really smart, real people themselves. And I think that they, you know, Dan, uh, for all of his bill- literal billions of dollars, like one of his core principles is uh, he's like money, follows doesn't doesn't yeah. lead or whatever something like that and he means it like and i think he was that was part of what he what attracted him to us was that we were just insanely passionate about the project the sort of religious mission and he liked that about us and he thought you know in order to do something big you better be caring about that and not thinking about like the short-term dollar uh, dollar figure that's like sitting there and you know i think 
you know, we've been pretty, I'm, I feel Tom, I feel like it's an imperfect expression of us. You know, it's not like we are, you know, human annotation in the flesh, me and yeah. Tom, like we care about lots of stuff. Um, but I do think that, um, I do think that that is the best way to look at founders of any company is like, what'd you literally build? Like, yeah. what does your website look like? Is it fun? Is it cool? Is it right. providing some sort of service? Like, is it, is it good for you? Do you like it? Like, don't really like, don't read our interviews. Don't listen to this interview. Stop. Turn <laughs> it off. Just turn it <laughs> off. Go to the website and you'll see an imperfect, but very, very good website. And I think, you know, that's what we want to be. I mean, this is something I think about as you know, we're just starting on that path relative to where you guys are, but this idea of like, uh, you know, you guys were 25, 26, you know, and at one point and, <laughs> and building something in a basement and it, you know, you had a lot of joy and it was, it was fun for the thing itself. And that when it achieved, when even product on achieves a certain level of success, I thought I'd like hit it and, and a certain like millions of dollars came to the bank and my like happiness level didn't change at all. I was just like, what's next? Like, okay, now this, that, like, and also, like, people treat you a bit differently. Like, how are you, like, what are your, like, relationships, like, friendships? Like, what's it like to be, you know, Elon and Tom, like, the, the genius founders? Really, sometimes, you know, sometimes it feels like nothing changes. I mean, I remember Max Levchin came to talk at Y Combinator, and he told this story. It was kind of this, like, halting story, but he was basically, he had this image of he made a million dollars, he had a million dollars in his bank account, he was taking a shower, and just had this, like, uncanny feeling that, like, nothing is different, and <laughs> what does it all mean, and he had this kind of, like, religious moment, which... <laughs> Concluded something. Um, you know, I remember when we first raised, uh, when we raised the money from Andreessen Horowitz, I remember the day before we were going to go public with it. Uh, we just closed the deal. Uh, Tom and I were speculating on how many thousands of Instagram followers we might That's gain. And, I'm uh, so embarrassed. I'm and sorry. And we, you know, we really put our Instagram names like in the announcement annotations. Or we, I think we gained each an average of like four. Four literal followers. Like whoever those were, were to you then. Yeah, very much. But, you know, so some things don't change. Some things do change. Like, it has been, you know, we're not, we don't consider ourselves really successful yet. Like, obviously, we've contributed something. Like, I don't think this website's going anywhere, even if, like, everything falls to shit. Like, we created yeah. something pretty cool for a lot of people. But, like, you know, we don't consider ourselves that successful 2%. yet. We're at 2%. Interesting. Or our own two-yard line. We're all, yeah, that's <laughs> even better. Yeah, make it real. Make it real. Uh, but, you know, there are times when you feel yourself successful and you, you know, like... I don't know, I was at the Knicks game yesterday uh, and I was like, you know, talking to Carmelo Anthony or whatever yeah. and that was like really cool and the, the guy in the seat behind me, uh, you know, the guy I was with introduced me to the guy in the seat behind me who looked just like your quintessential kind of like, I forget what Jack Donaghy's like icon on 30 Rock, like the super CEO type Jack guy, Welsh. slick hair, well it was not Jack Welsh but whatever, and but like Jack Welsh, he type, like the slick hair, the CEO type and you know, he introduced me to him, and then his son was there, and his son was like, oh my god, rap genius! And, you know, there's just a lot of, like, moments where you're kind of reminded, like, wow, this, this to other people, like, this seems like a big deal, uh, and it's kind of this weird, uncanny moment, and I don't really know how to respond. Sometimes you, you stop yourself and you think about the alternative, like when we were five years ago, right. uh, just scrambling around, not really liking our jobs necessarily that much, and just trying to figure stuff out, building stuff that wasn't getting any traction, and... You know, you look back now and I'm very thankful that, like, we've done something successful, at least up to this point. So, very, very grateful for where we're at, but still constantly feel like a failure, basically. I don't know. So far to go. Like, the goalposts keep moving. Yeah. And I remember in the early, early days before we were thinking any investment, we were just like, if we could make 5000 bucks a month from this website for the three of us, like, yeah. we could figure something. And I still don't know how you make 5000 bucks a month from a website. <laughs> you know, but the point being, it. the goalposts keep moving, and uh, you're sort of in, you know, you sort of get comfortable with where you are, and then you want to push even farther and, and keep getting uncomfortable. But 
I don't know, you know, there's experiences like what Alon talks about, but like on a day-to-day basis, I mean, I'm a little bit weird in this regard in the sense that I live in the apartment building where we work, so it's just like, I live a pretty weirdo, like, you know, it's all genius all the time, so, you know, less, mostly kicking it with people who yeah. work here and obsessing about, you know, the future product stuff, and so it's hard to really take a, a moment and think like, what is the deal with my life right? Because it's just very much, you know, wake up, walk to the courtyard, take the elevator up, yeah. get in everyone's face, go home. It's too, it's like happening. It's crazy. It's all very fast. It's hard to stop and, and, uh, and reflect very yeah. much. You just kind of feel like, I don't know, I feel like shoot out of bed, put blender on high, put head in blender. Like that's, that's basically what liquefy. Like, liquefy. Can you have a, a serious relationship? Um, it's tough. I it's, wonder that for myself. It is, uh, I think it's very tough. I think that, you know, this guy, the guy, Jason Friedman, was it Jason Friedman? Rework? Or? Uh, no, 42, 42 Floors. Floors. You know, before we got into Y Combinator, he's actually saying, you guys should apply to Y Combinator. We met him at someone's graduation party or whatever. He's a nice guy. He gave some advice. And he, he was basically, he had like some point system. I don't know if he developed it or if it was from someone else, but he was kind of like, you're over 30, that's a point. You got a girlfriend, yeah. that's a point. That's a ring. You got a ring, that's two points. Like, it's just like this whole thing, which is basically like all, and like all, and if you have too many points, you like, can't do your startup <laughs> successfully. And so that was like kind of a cynical thing, but like basically uh, very hard. Uh, you're totally obsessed with your work. And unless I think your partner is down to like be into that or have their own thing that they're obsessed with, like it, there's a sort of asymmetry and balance thing that gets difficult. It's all, it's hard to, relationships are tough. Tom and I, we have an intense relationship. Oh yeah. Right. What Alon's trying to say, uh, podcast <laughs> listeners, is that we are both single. Uh, no, that's not what he's trying to say. It's complicated, okay? It's, not, it's easy peasy. It's complicated. Is that something you guys, I mean, I, I guess I'm, what I'm really asking, should I value it more? Should I, like, is that something I should prioritize? Is that something you prioritize? Yeah, get, get out there, man. <laughs> yeah. You heard of Hinge? You know about Hinge? Actually, there's a new thing. Bumble. Bumble. I'm feeling this Bumble. Has that been on product time? Yep, yet? yep. Just a couple days ago. How did it do? Uh, it did very well. Yeah, I think Bumble's a good idea. Yeah, it was like, the, tech the description was like, a, good idea. a copy of Tinder by the guy who did Tinder or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, by the, by yeah. the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't I realize that. Whitney, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's Whitney. Yeah. And because it's like a cool notion where the... Jeez, I'm just trying to bump Females that first. podcast. <laughs> Females get, you know, because that's, you get it. Your product hunt. Yeah, yeah. You get it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, you know, Tinder and Tinder variants seem to be like a kind of interesting future of like society. <laughs> I, love that, I feel like there's some yeah. dystopian, you know, sort of look at this, you know, it's like <laughs> Black Mirror. Anyone watch Black Mirror? You guys are about five years older than me. Sure. Then I. Then I. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, when you started, when you had that quote about $5,000 a month, were you yeah. 26? That was in early 2010. Oh, around so, yeah, 26. What would your 25, 26-year-old self think of your 31? We're 30. 30. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ, bad enough. 30-year-old um, self. Forever 29. <laughs> I think they would think that we're living a dream, and we are. It's amazing. I mean, it's also much harder fun. than I think we would have anticipated it was, but like, this is what we sort of wanted to do is, is, is try to take a big shot at something. I would like to think my 25-year-old self, self would think I'm in great shape. <laughs> More flexible than he thought I would be. Fashion or fashion's got <laughs> yeah, Definitely, we used to dress like shit. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think, it, like, by any measure, we're doing something pretty interesting here, and, like, it's not worth kind of, like, you know, thinking about what could have been yeah, yeah. when we're, we've got a project that we love and, you know, we've managed to hire, you know, a group of people that we love and we think are talented, like, 
we get really stressed out every single day, but um, when you ask us questions like this, I feel like life is so great. Yeah, yeah. As, ask me again tomorrow. Have you seen examples of people who've done both incredibly well in business and in also like family or personal relationships? Or do you guys feel that you're on that on that path? Or is it just we hard? Try. I think that's like the struggle. You know, we try. It's not all. It's not all romance either. It's not all like dating. It's a lot of it's like your friendships. And so how. You know, how often do we see our friends who aren't part of this company and like how, how does that make us feel? Um, how are our relationships with each other? Uh, how are our relationships with our family? Mm-hmm. Tom just, note, please note that Tom just patted my shoulder. <laughs> uh, now he's nuzzling my shoulder. That's called a nuzzle. <laughs> That's a nuzzle. Um, is this a vlog? We're <laughs> vlogging. But yeah, I think we're, we're trying, you know, and I think there are examples. I think there are lots of, you know, successful people, especially when I look at older people and I'm not sure how much the sort of generational change Tinder generation or whatever changes all this stuff and like especially in New York no one gets married it seems like and that seems to be a trend and um, but you look at like you know look at you know, people you brought up earlier like look at our investors like these are people who have yeah, they're families Ben was married when he was very young to Felicia who's great and they've got three kids and like we love them they're a great family and Ben talks about in his book a lot about just being through like the craziest hardships, like wake up in the middle of the night, throw up, sweat, hardships with respect to the business, but like having Felicia, having a daughter, having two daughters at the time. And, you know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it'd be like to have kids right now or let alone like a pet turtle. But um, yeah, I think you can do it. Like, I think, you know. No, I can ask you these personal questions because you can't talk about the product. So, mm-hmm. no, but I think in an ideal world, you know, Genius becomes this multi billion dollar company and you know you achieve all all your dreams with genius at some point is there a is there a what's next and if so you know do you have ambitions of being like a you know a ben harwood or or, you know that like do you want to invest what what inspires you there's already one yeah or what inspires you post literally be ben horowitz literally be him (laughs) i just want to do a good coin flip for whose name goes first in the (laughs) bc thing Well, it's, it's really hard to say, like, because, you know, as, as a lot Tom's of people like a capitalist yard line, his whole life, capitalist <laughs> You know, it's hard to know. Well, it's just hard to imagine what <laughs> we would be able to get to the 90th yard line. Um, and also my sort of philosophical belief on life as it pertains especially to capitalism is that you should not allow yourself to do anything that postpones, you know, your thing or whatever. So, like, I am also very much in the sort of journey is the reward mindset or yeah. if the journey isn't the reward for you, you've got to switch something up. It's got to right. be fun now because you're not going to be able to postpone your happiness. And so... Well, you're not gonna be that flexible at forty. <laughs> oh Jesus! I mean, I'm already wearing a heated pad. <laughs> um, I yeah. I mean, I rarely think about like, okay, someone hands us some money and then we get to go do something. Like that sort of seems kind of like an incoherent vision. But like, there are definitely some things that I would like to do that I can't do as much of as I would like because I'm working on this project. But that's true of anything you're doing. Like if you're, you know, out on your, you know, meditation retreat or you're, you know, doing some other thing, you can't do this thing. And right. so, you know, I think there's there's trade-offs and we'll see where life takes us. I think I'm probably, you know, always going to want to collaborate with this fellow. Right. You know? Although word out Putting everyone on notice, ceramics camp for me is happening this winter between Christmas and New Year's. Okay, ceramics is one of the things that a lot mentioned that kind of falls by the wayside when you're a sort of brutal capitalist. But I am going to make like 20 vases. So get ready. Also look me up on YouTube. 
<laughs> in my videos. I'm going to feature one of Friday's on. Oh, put this in the show notes. Do you have show notes? We, we, we can have show notes. It's a huge <laughs> meme on podcasts. Like, we'll put this in the show notes. We'll yeah. put my ceramics video in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. And the nuzzle demonstration technique. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you'll get more into hypno, back into hypnotherapy and I think kind of the I, spiritual? Yeah, I mean, I think the hypnotherapy is something that I definitely miss. I think just generally doing therapy, I think, is something that I'm very interested in. And I think that you def, I definitely take part of that interest into into life and so I, I i think that like you know being a good manager is not exclusively being a good therapist yeah. part of being a good manager is being a good therapist it's sort of complicated and the injection of uh capitalism into the equation uh and feedback like it just yeah. it, it, it's different um but there's a lot of uh you know when someone comes in to have like a, a sort of one-on-one discussion so it works for me um it's does remind me of someone walking into the therapy office, even though we're doing something totally different. But I'd love to read more books. I'd love to do more meditation. I'd love to uh, do more creative stuff, uh, more creative output that doesn't involve organizational, as much organizational uh, cat wrangling and technology building. But like, who knows? Maybe I'll be building technology my entire life and that would be great too. Sweet. Are you guys worried about like a dystopian like you brought that up as an example, but I'm like this Tinder for X or this Uber for like, are you worried about the lack of humanness or I, what are you worried about? Nothing we can do about it. It's kind of, <laughs> I feel like, what are we, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, you're going to have all this money. Um, to stop uh, people from staring serial at Serial podcasts out. I don't think we're doing too bad as a culture. I haven't listened to it, but I've heard great things. Golden age of television. Sorry, I'm saying all the memes. Anyway, we are in the golden age of television. I you can, say. you can fund a lot of things that could, Changes that. I might go to law school, honestly. So they're watching The Good Wife. It's like really, I don't know, one of the early um, OG rap genius uh, uh, contributors, uh, actually an advisor now, is uh, Hell Rail, a.k.a. Yeah. Schneller, uh, user ID 2, which is yeah. pretty, pretty rare. Uh, and, you know, he, he's a, a public defender and champion debater. And, um, I don't know, watching The Good Life, I just want to go, yeah. like, I want to, Ariel, we got a plan where we're going to go a lot and I will go to court and watch you. Uh, I love the law. Yeah. What's interesting is you guys are so relatively private or not out there. Sorry, Tom, but your, uh, your company dynamics are so interesting and people want to hear about it and learn about it. Uh, and I think it has kind of a lot of value in that it can help people take themselves less seriously or it can reduce anxiety or, or you know, they'll feel less alone as founders who are very insecure. I mean, not to say you're insecure, but, but you know, grappling with, with relationships and certain things. Do you think about you guys as like performance art in some capacity uh, and if so, do you worry about publicizing it because of the negative PR that you've had in the past? And, or you're just living your life and not really... <laughs> am I just I'm inventing all this? I make jokes when I can. When I can think <laughs> yeah. of something to say. When there's yeah. silence, definitely I interpret that as the world telling me to try to so A lot of it is like, leave, leave us alone. Or like, you know, just watch me in my apartment. I'm going to be doing pretty normal. Something on, on a spectrum between like normal and neurotic. Put me in a shower. <laughs> oh my God, Tom. I actually didn't know this about Tom until like, yeah, a few years ago. But Tom, you put him in a shower and he just will start uttering things. Like as if no one is just insane. Flattering myself. It's so really bizarre. Weird. I think once you put, you know, once you start, you get on stage or there's yeah. a microphone in front of you, like it's just you, in the moment and there's a prompt and you've got to do something. And I think there's an element of performance to that, but it's also just coming from like the internal intuition slot machine of just somebody says something, you say something, somebody said, you know, yeah. all the things come together and you just are who you are. Um, but it's not particularly, I think in either of our cases, uh, very calculated. Yeah. You just kind of, you know, I think 
this is why we can't do a reality show. It's just too right. much of that. It's too stressful to be constantly prompted all the time. Interesting. If you guys were writing a genius story, is that something that you have an interest in doing? There's a lot of competition. We are living in a movie, literally. <laughs> we are living in the genius movie. There's a lot of, there are a lot of great writers who uh, work here and have worked here in the past, and everybody's, you know, is sort of gunning, I think, for it uh, in some sense. Um, you know, James, who's an engineer here, is an incredibly prolific writer of like long form journalism. And uh, the man who would teach machines to think, a little quick plug for his Atlantic piece. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's written a lot of great stuff and he's, you know, taking a lot of notes. Uh, I imagine James had, will have some reflections when it's all said and done. Tom and I have a lot of notes and have seen a lot yeah. and we'll have a lot of reflections uh, you know, individually and together. Like everybody, there's a bunch of people here who've joined at different stages. And so I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, movie, book, article, some, yeah. hopefully some good stuff comes out. Uh, it would be a shame because a lot of really crazy... There have been a ton of memes. Yeah, a ton of memes and a lot of them have converged and it's been pretty, pretty real. What's interesting because you guys are, in, you guys like Lil B. Oh. Yes. Who is, you know, performance artist much more than... I love Lil B. Love he is Lil an, an artist. Yeah. Force of positivity. <laughs> and you guys in some capacity are, are performing... Do you see yourself as performance artist? Force of positivity, I hope. <laughs> positivity. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't I never say anything negative. That's or, and when you go and speak to college, you know, it's not as crazy as when Lil B goes and speaks to colleges, but, you know. That's a little crazy. <laughs> I don't think of myself as a performance artist in the sense that, like, say, Jay-Z does when he makes a video that says, Jay-Z's performance art now. It's performance art. <laughs> but I almost think of you guys as, like, more performance artists, because like, you're really being yourself, whereas Jay-Z is being something. We're just trying to, trying to be ourselves. I think we're trying to be ourselves, we're trying to stay positive, trying to take care of ourselves and each other, trying to support each other, uh, trying to love our, our community and uh, do the best we can. And like sometimes that comes out with like jokes and unorthodox stuff that you don't usually see from like capitalism or whatever. And you know, if that's performance art, then swag. But the world is a weird place. Like that's when you think, say, go talk at a college. Like yeah. that's the thing I want to do the most is just be like, look, like the world is a weird place. It's not what you expect. Like when I was in college, I thought the world was a very like orderly like college. You got your requirements. You do this thing. You go to this building, and it's this old looking building, and there are these books. Yeah. You know, or whatever. It's like orderly, and like you got to get credits and everything. And the world is this total loosey goosey crazy yeah. mess. And you know, people are wearing business clothes, but they are bags of emotions as well as just people in college. And it's this whole crazy loosey goosey thing. And so, what I always am tempted to try to demonstrate with words and I guess kind of by the way I act that like the world is not some orderly thing it's a crazy loosey goosey yeah. thing and get ready for madness and get ready to throw up right <laughs> I think I mean what's interesting I want, what I want to close with is this idea and when I bring performance art into it I, I mean it in the context of so young people are looking for like beacons to like follow Facebook beacon yeah. <laughs> come on so like uh, you know a kid in Detroit sees Jay-Z and wants to be like Jay-Z. Someone else sees you know, Steve Jobs and wants to be like superintendent, you know, like Steve Jobs. Okay. And you guys are kind of like a different, you know, but there are, there's a cult. I mean, there are like young people who like see Tom Talk at MIT and are like, I'm kind of crazy. I can be really successful. I'm very interested on a high level, macro level of like new role models <laughs> or like, I'm really interested in MacArthur Grant for like funding David Foster Wallace and George Saunders and like, bringing artists who I think are achieving some sort of level of higher being, some sort of higher values that can be promulgated across society. I'll be your role model, though. And I, I, I think, <laughs> can you be my role model? I think you guys have a responsibility. <laughs> I'm, ha I'm mostly joking. But I, I think that you're, uh, you're on 
or I don't know how aware you guys are of, you know, there are a lot of people out there who really look at what you guys do and, uh, Rap genius love the kids. <laughs> emulate. Truly hug, hug your, you know, when we, when we, we went back to Y Combinator yeah. years ago, which at that time it seemed like we finished Y Combinator, we're so like old and wise, we went back <laughs> and like I, you know, that was a microcosm, but we really felt like, you know, let's keep these, these cool. young Y Combinator people some real advice and again, kind of mentioned the college thing, like some advice you wouldn't expect, like our big advice was like hug your co-founders, like get right. emotional with your co-founders, you know, and like, you know, I do kind of see that as our response, I don't know, role models, but at least to sort of say some maybe helpful stuff based on the sort of weird memes we've seen go yeah. down. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that you wouldn't know going into it. We've definitely learned. It's been hard to learn, and maybe we can make it a little easier yeah. to short-circuit that learning process by just telling people that it's like 90% emotions and like 90% the product you build. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say in, in closing, and I'll keep saying in closing before closing, that in my, uh, me and Elon have messaging, I don't know, a year, maybe more, uh, and part of my last company, you were very helpful. And I think what was interesting about the dynamic, which is where I want to share it, is that it wasn't like this, uh, you sent me like a few messages that just happened to, and you to call a couple times that just happened to be very helpful, but didn't t- like, uh, I think sometimes people reach out to people hoping to just latch on, like get validation. <laughs> and I'm sure there are a lot of people who message you who you can't answer all the time. And those people feel, or some of them feel like let down or Unvalidated, and it's really just you're busy, and you know you can't get to everybody. You know, I reached out a bunch, and sometimes there was a response, and sometimes the way I was reaching out was like asking too much of you, or just not phrased in a certain way. And it was nothing personal; you were just living your life. I think when you reach out to some of these people who, who are higher up than you at a certain time, just not taking anything ever personal when they say no. You know, you like everyone who reaches out to, you, or you wish certainly no ill will. Uh, you just can't get to them. So reaching out to one, ask specific questions, and two, not reaching out for this like validation. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's right. I think not getting a response to an email is a, you know, psychological, you know, it's like, what does this person actually think? And definitely, like, if I've never not responded to, if I've not responded to anyone's email out there in product people are like, I'm sorry. But, like, there is another side of the coin, too, which is if you use some kind of cold intro to me, like, maybe I won't read it, maybe I will read it, or at least glance at it. And so I feel like just don't squander the opportunity. Yeah. You're going to hit, hit me up or someone who's truly important or whatever, like, Put something impressive in the email, like make yeah. the email be eye-catching. Don't just say like, can I ask you a question or something like, and because there's some chance that they read it and decide whether to respond and probably won't respond, but you can be you know, impressive. So like write a good email. Yeah, I pretty much read all my emails at least. And yeah. I think it's even in a very short space, like people, you can say tons of interesting shit, especially if you're someone seeking advice, like send me a bomb illustration of like what you're going through don't make it too long and you know i'll hit you up like i'm interested in people so um you know i think we had some great conversations over the last year or two um when you were talking about your sort of companies and how you were thinking about doing your startup and stuff like that so um you know something you said in those in those messages like compelled me to talk and it was great yeah and if if people say no in the beginning or or don't answer they like people have very short memories and like three months later you know it could be totally you know, barring you don't say something crazy, but just because you get rejected once and you don't want to waste this person's time. Yeah, be an animal is how I feel. <laughs> yeah, you got to go and after it. Like the, and I always tell people, like, you know, especially in, like, the uh, artist relations yeah. uh, aspect that when you're trying to get a an artist onto the site or you're trying to get a manager or a label to get an artist to come over to your place and learn how to use your website or whatever, like, I try to tell people, especially who are new to it, expect it, how however many emails you think it's going to take to, you know, get that done, like multiply it by like 150 or right. something. Like calls, email, it's just everything is harder than you think, especially when you're trying to get 
someone else's time who has other shit to do. Right. Like it's just going to take a lot. You're going to have to bug and you're going to have to you're going to have to be annoying and that's just the deal, but be annoying and mix your annoying stuff with compelling stuff and, and jokes and jokes. jokes and jokes. Make someone laugh. And um, but you know, if you can be compelling, that can make up for a lot of persistence because that person knows whoever however powerful like that, you know, rapper is. That rapper knows they were fucking persistent handing out their uh, their music in the early days and they hit people up and hit people up and finally they compelled somebody by the quality of what they were doing and the quality of what they were saying so people respect that people I think are less annoyed by uh, repeated stuff but if they don't answer you after repeated things they're probably too busy to right. do your thing and uh, you know one funny anecdote I never shared with you is one of the first times I reached out and with Rap FM we were trying to partner with you with Rap Genius and Tommy or someone else asked you an email and you said, nah, waste of time. Like I talked to them, good guys. But and then Tommy uh, said, okay, I'll tell them. And he replied to me, not knowing that the whole thread. <laughs> was I remember the, this. <laughs> Do you? I remember. Yeah, I hit up Tommy. I said, Tommy, are you fucking out of your mind? I love Tommy. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, Tommy, are you fucking out of your mind? You just blew up my spot so bad. With this guy I like, but I'm telling you, like, we can't do this collaboration right now. But like, it's for you, not for Eric. Like, right. I don't want to make Eric feel bad. And he's like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot or whatever. But yeah, that was total bonk but these things happen and yeah. you know what's cool about it is post that happening eric and i are homies yeah, like absolutely. you know we're homies we were actually got way closer after that yeah. than before that and so you know i think it's it's a testament to you and to me right that absolutely. we just were like whatever yeah know? absolutely um and yeah no totally knew uh you were a fan of me and it just yeah absolutely people <laughs> who are fans of the movement how can they help you how can they help Genius.com slash sign up is the best thing you can do. Just sign up, start annotating something you like, see what happens, see what emails we send you, hit us up with feedback, um, get involved in the community. The best way to help is just to be part of the movement. There's really nothing else. And we want it to be, you know, it's not just it's not just what can genius do for it's not just what you can do for genius or how can you help the movement. Like, you know, sign up, use the thing and use it to do something, you know, a project of your own. Like get value out of it. And that's, you know, what we want to you know, keep pushing more and more, but already, like, you know, if you're anything like I and you're watching the West Wing, you kind of want to do a little annotating, you know, just like <laughs> do a project, get, get some, get some personal value out of it or figure out how to way, how, how it can enable you to fulfill your dreams. Don't worry about helping us. Cool. And you can tweet Tom at? At dumb name numbers, dumb name numbers 42. Actually. Excellent. We'll have it's it just in, dumb name numbers. we'll have it in the show notes. <laughs> On that note, thank you guys. Uh, First, for your just advice throughout, uh, and um, yeah, I really love what you guys do. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Eric.